Thank you, choir. Would you bless our worship and arts ministry as you remain standing for the reading of God's word. Just before we share the scripture, just allow me this moment to just to introduce and say something about some special guests we have here. We have with us today Dr. Roderick Smothers, who is the president of Philander Smith College in Little Rock, Arkansas, Historical Black College. And raise your hands, uh, Dr. Dr. Smothers is somewhere in the audience and all the way in the middle. Amen. God bless you. Young man, president of Historical Black College. Come on, Bible Way. Thank you for choosing to worship here at Bible Way. And then one of my favorite people in the whole world is here. Amen. Mrs. Frances Davenport Finney. I love this woman of God. She knows I love her. She's the widow of the late Judge Ernest Finney, who was the first African-American Chief Supreme Court Justice. Amen. She is a woman of grace and elegance. Here with her family, amen, Chip, Daniel, and Tammy, who are members here. Amen. Every time I see Mrs. Finney, I just thank her for her service. We often thank the people that are up front but I am convinced that nobody who's up front would even be there if they weren't standing on a sure foundation. And oftentimes it is the spouse who provides that foundation. God bless you. Love you so much, Mrs. Finney. There's a word from the Lord that is found in the third chapter of the book of Daniel, verses 16 through verse 18, as we began a brand new series of messages. This series is called Faith Under Fire. Faith Under Fire. After the 8 o'clock, I received a message from one of our 8 o'clock members who drives all the way from St. Matthew's every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. And he said, Pastor Jackson, I have been praying for this message. I've been going through so much. He's an educator, and he says, as you preach holding on to the faith, God has just blessed me. He has now become the new principal of Manning High in Manning, South Carolina, Brother Sean Glover. And he and his wife and their family have been through so much. But the key is to trust God as you go through it. Amen. Somebody shout faith under fire. Here's the reading of God's holy word. Daniel chapter 3, beginning at verse 16, the New International Version, and it reads, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this manner. If we are thrown into the burning furnace, the God we serve <laughs> who is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Verse 18, but even if he does not, <laughs> we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your small g-o-d-s 
or worship the image of gold you have set up. Here, verse 18 in a different translation. The Good News Bible puts it this way. We've got it for you on the screen. The Good News Bible says this. It says, but even if he doesn't, your majesty, may be sure that we will not worship your God. And this is where the subject is found. And we will not bow down to the gold stature that you have set up. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. And we're so grateful for those that are joining us by way of the internet, by way of radio. Reach over and catch someone by the hand. Here is the first message of this series. The series, once again, is entitled Faith Under Fire. Four short, powerful words <laughs> lifted directly from the Good News Bible. Squeeze those hands, look at someone, and say, we will not bow. Look behind you and say, we will not bow. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Send the devil a message from all of us who are faith walkers. <laughs> Tell the enemy that it doesn't matter what he brings our way. It doesn't matter how hot the fire becomes. We will not bow. Any witnesses? We will not bow. Listen, as we continue this year-long study, this year-long assignment that God has given us of how we as believers are to always walk by faith. And you have heard this all year and you will hear it for the rest of this year. We are to walk by faith and not by what we see or how we feel. We have made up our mind that this is not an emotional journey. This is not a feel-good journey, but this is a faith journey. Any witnesses with me? Faith journey. It is important to understand this as we embark upon this series. It is important to understand that like gold, our faith is perfected, not destroyed by what we go through. Can I say that again? Your faith is not destroyed by the adversities you may face, but your faith is perfected by what you go through. By going through the fire, gold is purified. When our faith goes through the fire, it becomes stronger as a result of what we go through, as a result of the harsh and the unusual circumstances that we encounter. We will end up stronger and better 
than ever before. Someone say, Pastor Jackson, how can you say that? What evidence do you have? Well, this is not a scientific journey. This is a faith journey. And faith is the substance of things that are hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. Note what James the Apostle, James the brother of Jesus points out in, in his epistle in the first chapter in the third verse of the book of James. James tells us that there are some good things that can come about when our faith is put to the test. In, anyone agrees with that? When our faith goes through something, James says there's some good that can come out of this. In fact, he writes these words in chapter 1, verse 3. James says, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The reason you can have the stamina to, to take some things is because your faith has been put to the test. It has been put in the fire. One of my favorite references is what David writes in the iconic 119th Psalm, the 71st verse of the New Living Translation. David writes these profound words. David says this. Uh, here's what the New Living says first, and we get to the other. He says, my suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. How many of you know it was good for you? One translation that they had earlier on the screen said, it was good that I was afflicted so I may learn your decrees. Now, everybody cannot say this. Faith walkers go through hardships and say, it was good for me. <laughs> it, those who have no faith Say, woe with me. It is the worst thing. People have pity parties. They tell other people, oh, I'm going through a bad season of my life and things are so hard. But faith walkers, when you go through valleys of discouragement and disappointment, say, this is good for me. Why? Because you know that God will bring something good out of this. Is, is, is there anyone in here uh, can agree with me uh, that it doesn't matter what you've been through. God knows how to turn it around and make bad stuff that happens to you good for you. Listen, Paul puts it this way in Romans 8:28. Mother, you reminded me of this because you shared something with me several years ago. My mom gave me a notepad down the helms of the first sermon that I ever preached, and I remember it because I still have the notes, but she wrote the date and all down, November the 4th, 1979. Young man, just graduated from Benedict College, in fact, Chip, in law school. First semester of law school, God calls me to preach, and the first message I preached was from Romans 8.28, because I, I didn't know what was going on. There were some questions in my life. Lord, what are you doing? Where are you leading me? I'm hearing your voice say go in a different direction and God dropped this scripture in my spirit and we know Whew. 
that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. I, this is not for everybody, but is there anybody in here know that even the bad stuff works for your good? Know that even the confusing times in your life were in, is there anybody in here God has ever taken the mess you were going through and turned it around and it ended up blessing you? As Joseph said to his brothers, others meant it for my evil, but God intended it for my good. I just want to make sure I'm in the right place. Is there anybody in the house God ever turned the situation around and made something good out something bad? If you are here, then you owe God a 10-second Shabbat praise from the depths of your belly. You owe God something. It's all good. Look at somebody and say, it's all good. <laughs> the bad people put you through is all good. The lies they told on you. Somebody help me declare it's all good. The trouble you went through is all good. Amen. The, the, the mortgage payment that's three months behind and you don't know how you're going to make ends meet but if you were all caught up you wouldn't pray so hard so God says I, I, I need some things to force you on your knees Ooh, cancer made you pray am I right about it yeah heart issues made you pray Anybody know that you develop a prayer life by going through the fire? And because you went through what you went through, you now know how to call on the name of the Lord any time of the day, all times of the night. What's his name when you get in trouble? Somebody say, I know how to call on the Lord. Woo! What you go through is not always sent by the enemy to destroy you. Can I let you in on something? Perhaps some of the troubles you are going through were sent by God to strengthen and perfect your faith. If you think you can rejoice now, Wait until you come out of this. If you think you've got a testimony now, wait until you come after this. Look at somebody and say, after this, God gets the glory. Something good is going to happen as a result of everything you, when the hellhounds are on your track, they don't know that they're just strengthening your testimony. They're just making you stronger and better in this series of messages God has given us the task of examining seven biblical examples of those who despite going through harsh and unusual circumstances not only kept the faith but became even stronger 
in their faith. Seven biblical examples. The first example is found in our text today. With this example, we have both a figurative and a literal example of faith under fire. A powerful testimony of three young men, young people, three strong young men, like Brother Daniel sitting here and others throughout this order, three young men at the beginning of their lives who refuse to compromise their faith just because their surroundings change. I'm preaching to somebody. If you're faithful at home, then be faithful when you go to college. Be faithful on campus. Be faithful in the class. I see all of these young people that are in the balcony and others that I'm so proud of. You don't have to be in church. But I, I met a young lady coming to church today from the University of South Carolina, finished her first year, put her arms around me and said, now, Pastor, I'm going to summer school. And she's here worshiping God. See, that's what God requires. Anybody can be faithful when everybody is watching you. But what if your surroundings change? What if there's nobody there to wake you up in the morning and say, go to church? What if there isn't anyone there to remind you how good God has been to you? Uh, do you remember yourself that God is worthy of my praise? And it doesn't matter where I am. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall always be in my mouth. Can you praise God when your surroundings change? Such is the case of the example we have in the text today. Despite the enormous pressure to turn away from their faith, these three young men stood firm and held on to what they believe. Uh, they are known simply in homiletical scripture as the three Hebrew boys. These three young men in 605 B.C. when Nebuchadnezzar invaded Judah and he took back with him uh, the best and the brightest young people as it was the custom of the victors to do. What they would do is that they would go in and demolish a land and they would take back the youngest, the brightest, the scientists, the young people with great potential. Such was the case in 605 B.C., when Nebuchadnezzar invaded Judah, he took back with him these three young men along with Daniel and several others. Well, they now find themselves living in a strange land. Let me help you out. The psalmist puts it in some context when he writes in Psalms 37. The psalmist writes these words. He says, uh, there by the rivers of Babylon, we find ourselves. We hung our musical instruments on the willow tree. They that took us in captivity required of us to sing the songs of Zion. We responded to them and said, how can we sing God's song? in a strange land. How many of you ever been in a strange place and the enemy was trying to steal your joy? Don't fool me now. How many of you know, can we just be honest? 
there have been times in our life that we didn't feel like praising God, that we were going through some things in our lives and our prayer life and our joy wasn't there. And the enemy said, you cannot praise God going through what you're going through, but somehow we learn that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. In fact, we've got to learn how to give God our best praise on our worst days. Is there anybody in here ever had to praise your way through a bad day and a bad situation? Don't fool me. Now, how many of you had sorrow and pain and misery, but somehow you still found what was needed to give God your best praise and from the depths of your belly you knew how to Shabbat God you knew how to give God a praise from the inside out think of one thing that God did for you that only God did and how he brought you through and take about 10 seconds come on brother musician give God a praise Look at somebody as you take your seat and say, you owe God your best praise. Woo! Even in a strange place, Mother, I saw you September the 27th, 2006, 9, 10 in the morning, lost the love of your life. Folk looked at you and said, you can, you can take some time off. You don't have to go to church right away. You don't have to praise God. But I saw you. I saw Mother Rachel Simpson in church 8 o'clock this morning every Sunday after we buried her husband for over 50 years. She stood firm and prayed. There's some testimonies up in here of folk who refused to allow the devil to have you mourn and weep and have you throw pity parties for what you're going to tell the devil you can have anything you want but you're not having my praise. I, I still know how to give God a praise uh, despite what I'm going through. Now, this is not for everybody, but everybody who's ever been through anything and you've had to praise your way despite your situation, come on and give God a 10 second from the depth of your belly. Strange land. Here, here, here's y'all sit down. I've said this to my wife and my sons and my sisters and brothers know this. Anything ever happened to me, the next worship service, I want y'all to be there. And don't you let the devil convince you that you need to take time off from God just to mourn. No, no. You need to thank God and praise God for helping you go through this. Amen. Look at somebody and say, praise your way through it. While they're in Babylon, these three incredible young men were being asked to do something that went totally against their faith. They were asked to bow down and worship an idol God.
a golden nine feet high, nine feet wide, 90 feet tall, golden image of King Nebuchadnezzar. But somehow they remembered what the book of Exodus said. Chapter 20 and verses 3 through 5, the New International Version of the book of Exodus says you should have no other gods, small g-o-d-s, before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven or above, on the earth or beneath, or in the waters below. And here's the latter part of verse number five. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. See, they were told ever since they were children that you can't bow down but to one God. And that is the God of it. Now, just because your location has changed doesn't mean that God's requirements have changed. <laughs> Although you're in a different place, but still the word of God was still relevant in your life. They could have opted out. They could have easily said, you know what? I can't do this. There's so many reasons why I can't do this. We're in a strange land. If I do it once, um, I, nobody will remember. They could have said, well, this is the king's order. I got to do what the king say. But when you are committed to God, you've got to stand up for what is right. They refused to obey the king's instructions knowing their decision could lead to their death in a burning, fiery furnace. It wasn't that they did not know the result of their disobedience. They knew that if we don't do this, King gave them even a second chance. Uh, you're going to lose your life in the burning, fiery furnace. As faith walkers, we all ought to take note of how these young men responded in verses 17 and 18. If you're a faith walker, you ought to go back, go back to the text. Listen to what they said. Now, granted, the king says, this is your last chance. If you don't do it, you're going to be destroyed. You will be cast into this burning, fiery furnace. They said in verse 17, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace. Here's what they said. The God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Stop right there for a moment. Their faith did not waver. They were not ambivalent. Uh, they, they were not wondering, well, I don't know if God can do it. I don't know. But they went in and says, we want you to know something. And first of all, in verse 16, they said, we don't even have to defend ourselves. But we want you to know that if we are thrown into this blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us. Is there anybody that know before you get in it that God can bring you out of it? I just want to make sure. Is there anybody that know even before trouble comes in your life that God is able to bring you out of? Prior to being thrown in the furnace of fire. Note, that's one thing amazing in this text. They never prayed in the furnace. <laughs> A whole lot of us wait until we get in the fire. To I'm 
going to show you what they did in the fire. But one thing they did not do, Sal, in the fire was pray. Because you've got to pray before the fire starts. You, you've got to learn how to pray before it gets hot. You've got to learn how to pray even before you get in trouble. Is there anybody who know how to pray right now? You need to learn how to call on the name of the Lord and know who God is. They said, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Make no mistake about it. God is able and God will do it. But we don't want the enemy to get in a glory. If God chooses not to do it, anybody can praise God when God chooses to do something. But how many of you have the same praise when God chooses not to do something? They said if God chooses, Pastor Lawson, not to do it, we still want you to know we are not bowing. We've made up our mind that we will not bow. I know it may save our lives. I know we've got positions of authority in Babylon, but our positions mean nothing as it relates to compromising our faith. So many of you have sold out your faith just to have some secular positions, just to be sitting up and kissing up in folk's face. You've compromised. Folk don't even know you're saved. You, you laugh at the same nasty jokes they do. You do the same thing they do, and you act as if you are hiding your conviction. But is there anybody in here know that my faith is on display 24-7? Folk ought to know who you are regardless of where you are. Can I preach to somebody in here? They could have taken down, but they did not. We want you to know that even if God doesn't do it, whew, we are still not bowing. Why? Because the God we serve is able. Look at the text. Let me get through this. I'm trying to get through it. Verse 21, and I need to point this out because uh, verse 21 makes the other verses make sense. Uh, they were thrown into the fire. And here's the key word that I need you to pay attention to. Bound. How did they go in? Bound. whole lot of us go into some situation. Bound. Tied up messed up folk all on our nerve can't sleep at night somebody say bound go to work every monday morning and start a new week your spirit feels can i preach to somebody in here ah uh, you just feel bound i'm going into this situation bound they were thrown into the fire bound verse 22 in case you listen to the folk who write songs and don't read the Bible. Because I used to hear the quartet sing, let's say, and God took the heat out of the fire. Now that sounds good, but it ain't true. 
Because if God took the heat out of the fire, where is the testimony? God said, I don't want to steal your testimony. If I take the heat out of the fire, then you survived any old thing. But in case you thought the flames had lost their heat, preach Pastor Jackson, they threw in verse 22. The flames were so hot that those who were commanded to throw them in burned to death with being on the outside of the flame. So look at somebody say the fire didn't lose its heat. In fact, I got news for the devil. Pastor Bradley, I don't want the devil to take any heat away. Bring me your best shot. Anybody want the devil to bring his best shot? Because when I survive your best shot, then the God I serve is more than a conqueror. Throw those hands up and say, give me your best shot. Hot. Seven times hotter than normal. The men who threw them in burned alive by just being in close proximity to the fire. But look what happened to the faith walkers. The men who got burned were not faith walkers. I wish I had time to deal with this. I would tell you that everybody on your job is not a faith. The folk who are about to lose their mind wondering if they're going to have a job is not a faith. The person who's about to lose their mind wondering what's going to happen to my children are not faith walkers. But faith walkers know that God is able. <laughs> ah, look at somebody and say, yes, he is. Verses 24 and 25. Take note of this. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, having thrown them in, noticed something. <laughs> somebody say, look at God. In fact, touch somebody and say, watch this. Watch what my Lord does. The king leaped to his feet in amazement, stretched his head. That's Jackson theology. Ask his advisors, weren't, help me understand something. Did not we throw three men in? They said, King, you're not going crazy. Yes, we did. He said, but look, we put in whew, three, but I see whew, anybody that the Lord ever jumped in the fire with you, just jump up one time and say, but God. Anybody who's ever had the fourth man to walk with you in the fire, I throw your hands up and say, thank you, Lord. We put three, but I 
for me. Now, go back. How did they go in? Somebody say, you all actually do pay attention. <laughs> how do they, how do they go in? Somebody said, bound. But I see four. <laughs> the king can only call it based on his background, Bradley. And since the king was an appraiser, he thought excess movement meant walking around. But praisers no different. Let me preach to this side of the church. <laughs> Any praisers in here? Praisers know that excess movement does not mean walking around. It means getting your praise on. I see four walking around praising God anybody know how to dance in the fire anybody know how to praise God in the fire ah, take about 20 seconds and give God your best praise in the fire come on and praise him come on and praise him need some praises to get up and act like you're walking around but tell your neighbor I'm actually praising God you think I'm walking but when you see me walking right it is God oh, I, that's using me you've got 10 seconds to walk in the fire and give God your Where are my praises? Where are my praises? If you've never been through anything, sit down, be quiet. But if God has ever been good to you, if God's been good to you, if God's been good to you, Come on up here, look me in the face and say, Pastor Jackson, I've got a praise in the fire testimony. I've got a praise in the fire. Excuse me. Then the king said, then the king said, they are walking around unbound and unharmed. 
anybody know you still got your right mind? Although all the stuff you went through, you should have lost your mind last year this time. But God! Come on and praise him. 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 Look at somebody say, unbound, unharmed, still in the fire, still in the fire, but I'm unbound and I'm unharmed. Anybody know you're still in the fire, but you're unbound? Come on and give God a praise. I don't want you to miss this. Look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, I am still in the fire. But I want you to know I am unbound and unharmed. I may still be in the fire, but I'm unbound and unharmed. Unbound, unharmed, unbound, unharmed, unbound, unharmed. I'm free in the fire. I can praise God in the fire put your hands together lift your hands lift your hands listen I need you to come back Tuesday night because there's some things I want to share with you that I could not share the day. But we've got three key takeaways. But the last thing I do want to point out is verse number 30. Whew. I let them put it on the board. Verse 24 and 25 said they were unbound and unharmed in the fire <laughs> but look what God did when they got out of the fire I, mother Jackson if I had time to preach this I would tell you you are to praise God in the fire and God will promote you when you get out of the fire verse 30 then the king after he told them, bring them out. And they came out unbound, unharmed. Listen to this. Don't miss this. Then the king promoted. Good God. Can I speak prophetically over your life? Let me look you in the face. Some of you, 
God's getting ready to promote you for all the stuff people took you through. Anybody receive that word? Some of you, God's getting ready to promote you. Listen to this. They were promoted. The last clause of verse 30. In the province of Babylon. Grab somebody by the hand. And say, when you come through this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't say it if you don't mean it. Oh, I'm only faith away. You don't believe it, you don't, you don't even have to say it. But tell them, when you come through this, God will promote you in your enemy's territory. Somebody help me shout, we will not bow. Come on, from the depths of your belly, say, we will not bow. Amen. And because of your faith, God says, when you come through this, I will promote you in the province of Babylon. God didn't have to take them back to their homeland to promote them. God promoted them in their enemy's territory. Woo! Some of you are gonna get a better job right where you are now. Some of you are going to be promoted in the face of your enemies. 
in the face of people who try to destroy you. God is getting ready to elevate you. God is getting ready to bless you in the face of your enemies. Woo. Tell the Lord thank you. Come on and tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Listen, Kirk Franklin writes this as we prepare for the altar. Tuesday night, there are three things that I'm going to share with you, but listen to the words of this song. I've gone through the fire. Anybody know that's your testimony? I've been through the flood. I've been broken into pieces. I've seen lightning flashing from above. But through it all, somebody shout through it all. I remember that he loves me and he cares and he'll never put more on me than I can bear. Let me tell you something. Before the choir comes, the key to this whole text is that these three young men had a relationship with God before the fire. There are a whole lot of people with what I call troubled conversions. When you get in trouble, then you run to the Lord. Amen. But it's good to have a relationship with God before the fire. I have one question for you. I know you come to church. I see you every Sunday. But where do you stand with God? Do you have a relationship? Have you committed to something to someone greater than you. This morning at 8, my heart was touched so much. Many young people, young adults came down, gave their life to the Lord. They said, Pastor, we've been through something, but we're still here. Come on, choir. I want you to sing. How many of you know you've been through it? Listen. Ooh. Worshippers, just put your hands God right here on your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've come. Talking about you. Make it personal. I've been broken. Yes, I have. I see Brother Tommy, take, take us. Oh, oh. Anybody know I've been oh, gone. gone. I've 
Tell somebody I've been. I've got a testimony. That's your testimony. I see from above. But through it all. same testimony that we've been through some stuff we've been through some difficult times your difficulties may be different than mine what you've gone through may be something totally different than what I perhaps am going through but the good news is he'll show up in the fire <laughs> Anybody glad you'll show up in the fire? But listen, you have to have a relationship. You have to have a commitment with him before the trouble began. These young men had a relationship with God even before the fire. And maybe there's someone in here today God knows he appreciates your faithfulness. You're in church. But here's the question that you need to consider. Why haven't you taken the next step? God is inviting you. God is challenging you. You know why? Because difficult days are ahead of all of us. God knows if my mother had not a relationship with God she would tell you that she doesn't know how she would have made it some of you I, I know your testimonies Mrs. Finney I, I, I know you lost the love of your life I was there with you when we funeralized Judge Finney but I still see your smile Ooh, it takes something to still smile having gone through something Amen. You, you've got to know who is the source of your joy before trouble comes. So here's the invitation. 
God says, if there's anybody in here this morning and you're not sure where you are with God, with your relationship, after this prayer, you just meet us at the altar. But this is not about Bible Way or memberships at Bible Way. This is about your relationship with God. Because the question is not, will there ever be a fire? The question is, will you have what it takes, amen, to rejoice in the fire, knowing that God will bring you out, amen? Close those eyes, if you will. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you this day. We thank you for these three incredible young men. Although they were a long ways from home, 500 plus miles from Judah, in a strange place called Babylon, but yet they never wavered in their faith <laughs> because of their relationship with you. Our relationship with you transcends miles and geography and distance. You're the same God no matter where we are. Thank you, Lord, in advance for showing up in our fire. And then verse 30 tells us, when you delivered them, you promoted them in the province of Babylon. Right there in their enemy's territory, right there somewhere in a strange place, you blessed them. We thank you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Those that know it is so said amen. Amen. Find somebody, put your arms around them, say, we will not bow. We will not bow. If you're here today, come on in. You want to make that commitment. Come on, you want to commit to something greater than you. You want to join the church. If you want to make that commitment, come stand, stand. But through it all, thank you. Look at God, look at God, look at God. Look at God. Others are coming right. Come on. Anyone else? Ooh. Even in a strange place. Even in a strange place. God can bless you. Come on, wherever you are right now. Anyone else? Clap your hands and give God a hand of praise for you. Come on, as we celebrate. Come on, let's celebrate all of our, these new converts. Then I can bear. Oh, come on. Give